Hi friends, I'm so glad you're back here with me today. I have a, a very interesting and exciting guest for today's podcast episode. I just wanted to give you a little intro to him before we get into the episode for today. His name is Reed Davis. He is a holistic health practitioner and a certified nutritional therapist. He's also an expert in functional lab testing and just in living a holistic lifestyle and how that affects our overall health. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. He trains and teaches other health practitioners and health coaches to use functional lab testing in order to help their clients. And so he's just very knowledgeable in this world of healthy lifestyle and functional medicine. And he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to adrenal health and hormone health. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking to him about today. So I'm excited to bring this episode to you guys. And I I think you'll get a lot of helpful information out of it. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward Podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. We are joined by Reed Davis. He is a holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist, and he's also the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Reed, welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Elena. It's really a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to be talking a lot about adrenal health and just how the um, adrenal and endocrine system affects our overall health. But before we kind of get into that, I'd love for you to just take a little time and tell us a little more about yourself and how you got into this field of holistic health and clinical nutrition and then into what you're doing now with um, functional diagnostic nutrition. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, that functional diagnostic nutrition is something I started after many years working in a clinic. And I ended up there via environmental law and working with the environment. So I was saving the planet, air, birds, water, trees, bees. And what I noticed uh, late last century, about 1999, is when I turned my attention to what's the environment doing to people, including me. I mean, I saw how rough it was on the uh, wildlife and on the, you know, everything else. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is this can't be doing any good for people. So I turned my attention to that, and I went to work. Very fortunate. I've just been really lucky to go to work in a clinic. They made me the uh, health director and case manager pretty soon after. I started taking nutrition courses with the owner, who was a chiropractor. We had a, we had a DO. We had other doctors there, but. Um, I went as her assistant and then she let, this is amazing. She let me work on her patients in between my classes doing nutritional counseling. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I just fell in love with the clinical side. Mm -hmm. So I really was a businessman taking care of the environment and very much a consumer advocate and world, you know, planet advocate and that kind of person. You know, I care about things and I care about people a lot. And I fell in love with that clinical side. And what I noticed that, that bothered me, and I'll get through this quickly, what really bothered me, that almost everyone coming in the clinic with their problems had already had them for a long time. And they hadn't found any person that could help them. They've been to doctors, they've been to therapists, they've been, well, most had seen at least five, if not eight or 10 practitioners, and they weren't better. They hadn't 
met that challenge yet. And it just kind of ticked me off. I, I mean, I didn't have my own health problems like a lot of people in our business. I just, I thought I was in great shape, uh, but I cared that they were getting ripped off. And so I decided that I would be the last person they had to see to get well, that I was going to be the guy who would figure out what was really wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was actually pretty naive at the time, but I didn't deter me. I spent the next almost 10 years running laboratory work, what were called functional labs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then it was just alternative medicine, but but um, now it's widely accepted. We, we kind of pioneered these labs that I run. So I ran thousands of labs on thousands of people, thousands. And I made my own observations along with great mentorship uh, from the lab guys and the doctors and, and that. But I, I recognized some patterns. I filled in a lot of pieces of the puzzle myself on sheer volume of work and observation skills. And, you know, because of my legal background, I had good research. But anyway, so I, I just put this system together of investigation into underlying causes, called it functional diagnostic nutrition. And, uh, and, a, and the protocols that would go along with it, that would heal from within, that would heal on a cellular tissue and organ and system level. So not trying to be a doctor, treat anything specific, but right. the whole person. So that's a brief history. Now, now of course, I teach that uh, methodology. I have 3,000 students or grads wow. in 50 countries. So it's yeah. grown a lot. That's awesome. And um, I can... That's funny. I can really relate to you and how you got your start. I actually worked for a chiropractor for about 10 years myself. And that's where I learned about, um, started learning about nutrition and alternative medicine and integrative medicine. And um, I also started by doing nutritional counseling with um, the chiropractor I worked for his patients and fell in love with it just like you did. And so that's really cool that we can, we have the same background in that. Yeah. No wonder we're talking to each other. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump a little bit into um, today's topic. And so can you kind of give us a a brief overview, uh, an explanation of just adrenal health as a whole and kind of how our adrenal health and endocrine system health kind of affects our health overall? Yeah, sure. To put it in the simplest terms, you just have to start with the adrenals there are actually four organs in one, but they're generally considered the stress glands, you know, like so, because they make cortisol, which is your primary stress hormone. So they are part of the endocrine system. They're hormone producing. The hormones that are produced by the adrenals flow throughout your body, whether it's cortisol or DHEA or uh, the mineral corticoids and things, they flow throughout your body and where, wherever there are receptors, for those hormones, uh, they may have an effect if if everything's working right. Mm-hmm. So when you get stressed out, uh, usually it's um, the, the first thing is the, the, the nervous system tells the adrenal medulla to make adrenaline, which it does. And adrenaline, of course, raises your heart rate and does things to help you survive. It basically puts you in fight flight. The beginning of fight flight is um, adrenaline. Well, when, as soon as that hits the hypothalamus and pituitary in your brain through the bloodstream, then those organs, the HP, sends out signals to the adrenals to make cortisol and other hormones like DHEA. But, um, you know, that cortisol is the, 
what regulates your blood sugar. It uh, uh, enhances adrenaline. And again, it keeps you in that fight flight mode. Mm -hmm. So the adrenals can be worked pretty hard in today's environment where stress is so ubiquitous and there's so many different kinds of stress. So they're, they're getting a lot of um, credit for helping you survive. They're also getting a lot of blame for when you don't feel so good. Yeah. And that makes so much sense as far as how it just starts to affect overall, like you mentioned, like blood sugar and all these other things that we know when we get into that fight or flight um, mode, it just kind of starts to change the whole trajectory of everything else in our, in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned this a little bit, but what are some of those common symptoms that maybe people who are having some of this adrenal health issues and they don't realize what it is? Like, can you can you give us an idea of what some of those common symptoms that people might be having that could be an indicator to them, like, oh, something might be going on? Yeah, sure. Well, the, the first thing I think, Elena, to realize is that when you're, you, when the way you used to feel, let's say you don't feel so well now, you might have, uh, you might just feel stressed out. Weight gain, can't maintain your weight, um, low energy and fatigue, brain fog, sleep issues, of course, um, a resistance to doing exercise. You just don't ever feel like it. Memory, dizzy. There's just so many things. Me in particular, if I'm stressed out, I get really sensitive to light. I need like dark sunglasses all the time. Um, other people, this does not have to be anxiety, irritable, depression. I'm, I'm f- focused on being very upbeat. But a lot of people, you know, that's how they feel. Crashing in the day. Uh, need for coffee to get started in the morning. Um, sometimes need for alcohol to wind down at night because then you get sort of tired but wired kind of a thing. Um, and then there's some more physiological things. People with bone density problems. And another real biggie, which is really important today, is the immune system. Because when you're cranking out the cortisol due to stress, and some people don't even know how stressed out they really are. Some, some stressors are totally hidden. But you can still be cranking out the cortisol. Well, that suppresses the immune system, especially in the gut. You know, the secretory IgA is uh, one of your defense mechanisms. Um, really prevalent in the gut, of course, and it get, it can drive that down low. It can drive your melatonin low. So there's lots of ramifications. But it's important to realize you might feel like that now, one of those or more of those things, but you didn't used to. And when, because it used to be that you had balance, you could you could get into a stressful situation and handle it. Matter of fact, adrenaline feels good to most people, you know, the adrenaline rush. So you might have used to be, you know, maybe you could, you had two jobs, but you enjoyed it. You got all the, you know, you're all the balls are in the air and you're such a great juggler and you're doing all these things and you're feeling real well. And then, you know, it goes on and on. And pretty soon you just can't do it anymore. I mean, you come home from work and instead of playing with the kids, you just want to crash, you know, or, and even take a drink or, you know, some of these things. And you have no time for staying up with your spouse for movies and, and you know, other things. So um, it's just not like it used to be. And it, it's important to realize that that used to be, you, you were probably sort of over, maybe overdoing it a little bit. And what we all need is, is balance, of course. Sure. But uh, if you're self-medicating, 
something's wrong. If you're drinking coffee all morning and then you come home at night and you need a sedative or something like one, uh, then there is definitely something to work on there. Gotcha. And that I think that is so helpful and relatable because I think so many of us think that that's just normal or that's just our life and we're busy or maybe we're just getting older and we just kind of accept all those things as being normal symptoms rather than using those as um, indicators that something might not be right or maybe we need to look a little further. You're absolutely right, Elena. There's there's no such thing as a normal symptom. Symptoms are a sign. They're a signal from your body that something's wrong. That might might be life-threatening. You, you might be able to just get by just fine if it's real temporary. But the truth is symptoms aren't normal. They're just common. And so it, you'd be amazed, and you just alluded to this, yes. that people think it's normal to be stressed out and low energy and feeling older instead of feeling young. I, I on it, I'm 66. I honestly believe that once you get to be about 40, you should kind of be in really good shape and kind of peak out. You're mature and you, you should kind of have it going on and you should stay that way until you're well into your eighties. So most people look at the age um, continuum or spectrum as like, well, you go up and then you get to about 50 and then you go down. Right. So you're looking at this big hump, sort of a graph, you know, up and down. Really, but you go up to about 40, it should be a flat line of really good health for probably another 40 years, you know. And then at 80, well, you know, you're probably going to start heading south yeah. one way or another. Right. But, uh, you know... You know, at 40, 50, 60, I'm 66. I, I I think at 70, I'll be like I was at 40. And I even had one of those gene tests. I don't want to be blowing my own horn here, but but um, I had one of those genetic tests that tells you how old you are biologically. And it, I did it two years ago when I was 64. It came out at 41. Wow. So I, yeah, I've been working for 20 years, you know, studying this sure. and, and trying to, you know, I mean, we're, we're all going to get older and, and we're all going to meet our maker one day. But but man, it's, it should be a lot of fun and health in between. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We want to be able to live our lives while we're living. So if someone is, if they're listening to you and they're like, oh, goodness, I so relate to that. I feel like that. You know, I can identify a lot of those things. I know that you talk a lot about and you teach a lot about not just guessing at what's going on, but being able to know that. And so for the person listening, how would they go about that? Is there ways, are there things that they can go talk to their doctor about, or are there things that they can, like you've mentioned labs, are there things they can get tested to where they can have a little bit of direction to know how to kind of get back on track with these kind of things? Well, it's a really good question. You know, there there is laboratory work. I, my whole career in the health space is based on having run thousands and thousands of lab, more experience with lab work than most two or three other practitioners put together. And uh, it, it's just because I was a nut for it. I mean, it was it was so exciting to me to be able to run those labs and to help people and and look at the underlying causes and conditions. So I, I learned to run a basically a set of labs there certainly is no one lab and that's what's very frustrating to the health seeker who feels poorly 
and goes to the physician and they get some blood work done and and that physician says, well, nothing is wrong with you. This all looks normal. You know, mm-hmm. it's all within range or, or something to that effect. So it must be in your head, right? Well, trust me, it's not in your head. There's other markers. There's You can look at saliva. You can look at urine. You can look at stool. You can look at different types of blood work. And you can look for, instead of a diagnosis, like, oh, look, this is really out of range. Uh, and you might die or something, or you need some medication. Instead of that approach, how about we just look for healing opportunities? Mm-hmm. Well, something that's out of balance, or uh, like this cortisol to DHA ratio. We started with stress and the adrenals. Well, cortisol and DHA are supposed to balance each other out. One's very catabolic, and it burns your body up. It will. If you look at a long-distance runner, and they're totally stressing themselves out, physical stress, and their cortisol is high and it eats their meat up. I mean, it destroys their mm-hmm. skin and it's just really not a great thing to have real high cortisol to DHA ratio. And the DHA so, uh, is the anabolic steroidal that counter regulates cortisol. Cortisol is catabolic, breaks you down. And your DHA is anabolic. It builds you up and they should be in balance. It's okay to break down if you're building up, break down, build up. Break. And that's what cells do. But if that's out of whack, well, that's not on a regular blood panel. Right. You'll never see that test in a doctor's office, hardly ever. So, and, uh, you know, there's many, many more uh, relationships like that between hormones and other elements, constituents in the body that have to be balanced. And so we call these things healing opportunities. It's a different way of looking at lab work. And it's the uh, really the realm of someone who's more of a health coach, you know, because guess what? How did those results get that way? Why are you producing these results? The the paper's not the problem. The numbers aren't the problem. It's how you lived into them. You got there, but you you ate yourself into those results. You lack of sleep your way into those results. You lack of exercise or over-exercise your way into those results. And, of course, stress, it happens and it occurs. And some of it you don't even know is going on. Yeah, uh, They're hidden. We call them the hidden stressors. And so there's a lot of things having an effect on your body that, that throw it out. And you can make observations about that. And then that would direct your self-care. So if you lived yourself into it, you can live yourself out of it with the right testing data and guidance. Right. Okay. That's, that's great. And so let's dive into that a little bit more as far as, and you just named several things, but what are some of those common lifestyle factors that just, we kind of do on a regular basis without really even knowing what we're doing that can negatively affect this endocrine system and and our adrenals? Sure. Well, it's, it's really a good question because as I just said, how you lived into that situation and those test results uh we don't want to just give you something to change the numbers on the paper that won't change anything long term right uh, even if you feel a little bit better taking a certain supplement or something like that we don't just treat the paper so if you lived yourself into it you can live yourself out of it and that would start with i think diet and eating the right foods for your metabolic type now we're all we all have genetic requirements and they're different. They vary from person to person. 
genetic requirements. There's mm -hmm. some, you know, groups, of course, and generalities, but you must eat according to your genetic needs. And many of us do not. Matter of fact, we eat in a very counterproductive way. Right. And so we get part of our ill health and complaints are based in the wrong diet. Now, there, there's, you know, the issues are that there's no really right diet for everyone. Uh, but there's some foods that are bad for everybody. You know, the sugars and the processed foods and the chemicals and the uh, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides, rodenticides, and, and so on and so on. So there's, there's some foods that are bad for everyone. And you'd want to avoid those. There's also, when it comes to diet testing, you can get checked out for what foods you're sensitive to that happen to be irritating your immune system in one way or another, causing inflammation and so on. So diet is, is absolutely critical. And there's a way to determine how much fat, how much carbs, how much, um, you know, proteins, of course. And you need all those. Those, those are your body's fuel, first of all. Food fuels cells so that those cells can do their job. And the good news is you don't have to teach any cells what their job is. They already know. It's a built-in intelligence, eh? Right, but right. So if you fuel them correctly, it's the right, right, right. Uh, amount of proteins, fats, and carbs. And then, of course, you're also made of food. You're made out of food. And so it's really, really critical. So if, if diets contributed to your poor health, diet can help reverse that and establish a, a good baseline for better health. Now, everyone knows that already. Oh, diet, you know, like, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> but what you might not know is that there is a way to determine the really right diet for you. Not only those macronutrient ratios, how much protein, fat, and carbs works perfectly for me. That's my fuel mixture. But which ones? Because I need a certain amount of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and essential fatty acids and amino acids and all the constituents, the phytonutrients, the trace minerals. These things are critical to human, well, life, you know, not just humans. But, but um, man, you can sure get it wrong, can't you? Well, if you can sure get it wrong, yeah, for sure. <laughs> then there must be something that's closer to right for each one of us. And there is science behind that. And that's just one of those constituents you asked for. What, you know, how, how did you get yourself into this? The next one would be sleep, you know, proper rest and uh, refreshing your brain, your body, your systems, especially detoxification and uh, hormone levels. Uh, there's certain hormones that just aren't well established if you don't sleep you have to sleep in order to get you know your your growth growth hormones and things like that to be to be normal natural and healthy at healthy levels um lots of other reasons to sleep well um dare i say exercise you know is one of the components of course uh you know sleeping or pardon me uh sitting 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 is the new smoking so diet, we've covered diet and rest and exercise. Um, the biggest area that I think is the most mysterious to people is, is the idea of stress. I'm so stressed out. Well, yeah, but you're probably referring to mental, emotional stress, like your job or your finances or your relationships or kids, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, it's easy to be stressed by 
uh, these things that are going on, you know, again, mental, emotional, there's even spiritual angst, you know, uh, lack of purpose in life and meaning, meaninglessness uh, uh, versus meaningful uh, activities and things. So there's all that kind of stress, but there's others. There's the hidden ones, what's in the environment, which is where we started. So there's there's 80,000 chemicals out there. Hardly any of them have been tested. Most of them probably not very good for you. And then there's the, again, food sensitivities. You could be, those are very stressful on you. And so are bacteria and parasites and funguses and, and dare I say viruses today. You know, these things are very <laughs> detrimental. So there's the hidden stressors like that. You already know if you don't like your job and you're arguing with some you know, spouse, you, know, you can get that fixed. But it's these hidden things in electromagnetic frequencies and so on and so on and so on. Um, that's where a good, uh, like part of my training is like, well, well, how do I figure that part out? And it's, there are labs for a lot of this stuff. Um, and last but not least, I, I, I like to take nutrition to an even higher level because I believe very much in taking supplements. I don't have my own brand. I don't sell them. But I know a lot about them, and I know how to support or stimulate or substitute for what's missing in food pretty darn well. So uh, that spells, by the way, DRESS, D-R-E-S-S. That's diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. That's how Those things or the lack thereof are how you got where you're at. And those things in, in corrective, using corrective uh methods uh or how you can get out of it there's no magic pills potions powders right and i love that i love this idea that you know i think we tend to really over complicate things and um i love the idea of you know looking at the acronym and using that as a kind of a diagnostic tool to say like like you said like here are ways that i've gotten to where i am but i can use the exact same thing to mm-hmm. turn around and say here's how i get out here's how i help my body function and heal mm-hmm. and so that is that's really helpful and i think that really helps to simplify it for a lot of us that tend to get super caught up in the details you know it's so true and that's one of the first places we start with a client is uh, you know, besides what's your main complaint, you should be able to name something about the way you look or the way you feel that you really want to change. You know, you, you sure. something, what, what's wrong? You know, what, what do you want to be different? What don't you like? And then we can phrase that in a positive um, and, and start from there. You know, like if, if we can find motivating factors and, and get you committed enough, you can certainly make those changes. Right. That's good. So if you had to choose, let's say you had to choose one thing, and I think you've kind of spoken to this, but if you're working with a client and they're saying these things to you of, you know, I just don't feel good and I'm tired and I have no energy and my brain is foggy and I can't remember things and, and all that, like what's kind of the, the one first thing you would say to them to try to help them kind of get started on this? I know, you know, talking through those, the D-R-E-S-S you just mentioned, but kind of even before that, as you're kind of leading them to that point, kind of what's, what's your encouragement to them? Well, uh, what a health coach like me tries to do is set an example and, uh, doesn't matter how old you are, but I am an older guy 
I'm in pretty good shape. And, you know, I get up every morning and thankful and grateful and appreciative, uh, even though there's a lot of sort of ugliness in the world today. Um, you know, you, you, you got to start off with a really good attitude yourself. And otherwise, I don't see how you're going to help anyone else. And so most people who come from my training, for instance, they're, they're, they really want to help others. That's good. But are you willing to walk the talk? Because it's just like, you know, parents, kids don't do what you say. They do what they see you doing. And so you, you have to kind of start with that. So um, look at all these people who were sad and mad and uh, now they're glad. You know, they I mean, we have um, case after case after case. I could tell you some stories that would bring tears to your eyes about people who've overcome their challenges. And sometimes putting in perspective is important. Like, do you really have it so bad? You know, like some of the things we complain about, you know, my dad used to say, um, you know, I was sad or mad or something because I had no shoes until I saw a guy with no feet. And he said that to severe kids, my brother and sister and I were like, yeah, be glad you have feet, <laughs> you know. So being, being, I start there with, with, with a state of gratitude. We also do um, some exercises to get people just breathing right and things and, and being more self, self-aware. So sometimes just getting, bringing their awareness, just really have to believe that you can change it. Yeah. I think the hope that things can be different, you know, I think that's a big, a big thing. Their mindset is a huge factor in how, how they are going to approach making these changes for sure. Uh, before we close up today, I have just a couple like rapid fire, more lighthearted questions for you if you're down for that. Uh-oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, what is your favorite active hobby, favorite way you like to move your body and have fun doing that? Oh, well, you know, I do my own gym here and I, I get on my, my Bowflex. Um, but I mean, really, really it's riding bicycles and especially even motorcycles. I mean, just getting out and doing that. I also have three and a half acres of land attached to 200, a 200 acre preserve with no fence between. And so I can hike, you know, I hike out to the lake. I, wow. I hike out to the dam. Um, I'm even carving my own hiking trails things like that, at least on my property. And, um, and I garden. So I, I mean, I take two, three breaks a day to go out and work in my garden and we get a long break. I'll jump on my motorcycle. I live in the mountains of Southern California already on, on a lake. So yeah, I try to walk the talk, Elena. And, um, but for physical, when you, yeah, I, I don't work out, um, as hard as I used to, but regularly. Yeah, that's so cool. And then what is one health product or book or just something in this this kind of healthy lifestyle world that you would say that you cannot live without, that you just absolutely love? <laughs> Besides kombucha? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I love cooking. And I would say if I don't have my fresh produce, and a frying pan, you know, I mean, these, these, you know, of course, the best oils and, and things like that. And I, I throw my meat and, and veggies in a pan. And I find a hundred different ways to season them and cook them and mm-hmm. things like that. So um, 
I don't know if that's a good answer. Yeah, but no, that's a great my answer. My mind turns to yeah. yeah, perfect. Okay, well, Reed, where can people find out more about you or find you online if they have more questions about some of the things you shared here today? Oh, thank you. People could go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. I, I wanted a longer name, but I settled on functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. <laughs> And that is uh, functional as in it's how you function that matters. That's what we can have an effect upon. Make sure everything's functioning great. Diagnostic, just in that we're looking at data. It's, it's not a medical diagnosis. It's just diagnostic in nature because we like data. We like real, real data about a person. Mm-hmm. And it's nutrition because it's nurturing. It's nu- nurturing everything like from your body to your soul you know, nurturing, functional diagnostic nutrition.com. Very cool. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here and taking time out of your day to, to share this information with us. And I know that it's going to be helpful for those listening. And so we just really appreciate that. Thank you, Elaine. It's been a real pleasure and I uh, hope you're enjoying the weather and the rest of the week and things are going to get better. Everybody, things things will improve. There's something on the horizon that we just might not be uh, aware of yet, but uh, I have a lot of confidence and faith in things turning around here for if you're having a hard time right now. So keep the faith. Yes, same. We will get through it for sure. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining in for this episode. I know that the information that Reed shared can be helpful for so many of us and apply to so many things in our lives and different health issues we might be struggling with. So remember, if you have more questions or want to know more about some of the things he shared, to visit his website, functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and I'll see you back here next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.